0: Hi everybody, we're a little short on Noah today. Uh, although I will say, oh, yeah, I do, I do have it. Look at this, look live, and there was nobody there, but you could probably hear us just chatting it up about tuna.
1: What's the day we're not going to be live on Facebook anymore?
0: Yeah, 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 July. So, in for live at lunch, let's see here. Hey, oh, Carrie, I hi, Carrie, glad you're here. Hi, Carrie, is it going to be a huge problem for you to switch over to YouTube? What about you, Alice? Tell us, guys, Alice. She hasn't said hello yet. Oh, well, she's there. I know she's there. Uh, she's going to be. She always is. Uh, gosh, that's how fast I lose focus. I actually couldn't remember why we're... 6th. The 6th of July... No, 5th of July will be the first live at lunch that'll be solely on YouTube, which that's a fundamental change, uh, Dalton, because we started on Facebook solely, and now we have moved from the uh, beauty... Yeah, I guess, of Facebook to now it'll be solely on YouTube. Oh, look, that's you. That's the wrong button. That's me. Hi. I'm also running Switcher today, which is why it's a little bit weird, uh,
1: but so be it. Go back to this shot. Carrie said, not at all. Love it. See, she's cool. All right. Mark's oh. on. Hey, Mark. Hello, Mark. It. Alice is joining us now. Alice, glad you're here. Did you ask Alice about it? Alice, did you hear Seth's question? He wanted to know is going off of uh, Facebook, going away from streaming on Facebook, be, being streamed only to YouTube with the links provided on Facebook. Is that gonna be a problem? Is that gonna be earth shattering? We'd love to hear from you. We would like to know. Guy Miller, same thing. Guy Miller, uh, hasn't. it hasn't said else? he's watching, but. Who, who else did you say was on there? Mark Hibner. Mark
0: Mark Hibner, look at you enjoying retirement watching Live at Lunch, I'm so excited. Uh, it's, it's a good time, hi. This is Live at Lunch. We typically do a study here on Live at Lunch uh, from 1210 to about 1240, where we talk about a right now media study, and usually in the first five to ten minutes, we we'll talk about nothing uh, to try to make it. We jumped right in about
1: Facebook, though. Like, I'm sorry, that was me. We don't typically have the banter. Well, that's
0: similar to banter. It's not like we were in a serious Bible study and you kicked it off to that. It's important for people to know that Which at the I've beginning. Done. Watch Facebook, like, block us. They're like, well, yeah, you're going now. You're going to July 5th. Watch this. Boop. No more. It's already live on YouTube too. If you want to go ahead and make the switch early, and be ahead of the yeah, curve. Yeah, you
1: could just test it out.
0: Try yeah, it out. same thing for uh, same thing for uh, Sunday morning services. The no more on Facebook starting in July. Uh, it will only be on YouTube, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Okay, and it's not because we just hate Facebook. It's that we are trying to strengthen our Facebook and our reach and uh. We're just trying some things. And that's what you do in the social media game is you try some things to try to extend your reach. And sometimes you extend reach by deleting, taking away certain things like hour-long things. They're a little bit – they're just not as – Facebook doesn't like them. YouTube loves them. So jump on over there. It's better viewing experience. If you watch it on the big TV, it's a 1080p over on YouTube.
1: It is very crisp. I just jumped on YouTube. I mean, I, I I've, you know, obviously, I'm a subscriber, but – it's a lot crisper. I've never done that when I'm sitting here with a... i have also, li- com- also rarely done this. Yes. Actually, that's not true.
0: <laughs> no. Okay,
1: I'm sending a link to our stream. Y'all should try it out. Just try clicking on YouTube. Just see if you like it. But you can still comment, right? You can still do all of the things that we normally do. 100%. There is a live it's, it, chat.
0: It's exactly the same because it's it's live and there is a wonderful chat and the truth is there's so many more apps on TV that you can just watch and they don't have your phone free to just chat away I'm throwing something on the chat right now and in, in YouTube hmm you should get that hopefully I'm gonna see it as quick as possible I haven't seen it yet five people are on here though right now so whoever on YouTube and we got yeah.
1: seven on Facebook okay look at all 13 Alice people. you it's should right try Alice? clicking on it no. see if you like it see if you can get to 12. YouTube
0: I did five and seven in my head and I said 13. That's, it's not, it's 12. I, we I now have, have six on Facebook. There. Oh man. Hopefully, and we're down to three on YouTube. What's clearly this kind of stuff isn't what's well, getting moving the needle. <laughs> that's, 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 that's people <laughs> they start leaving. Uh, okay. So let's, well, let's jump to it. So we are in the last week of a study called Jesus in our generation. And next week we're going to start a different study. I don't know what that is yet. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what that is. Uh, we'll We've liked know, this one a lot, though. This one has been fantastic. At least in, I have. Anytime you can look at Jesus uh, and what he has to say about these different things in our, our culture today, it's going to be great because that's what people want to know. They want to make sure they're doing it right, I think. They want to make sure that, that what they believe and what they are, the way that they're behaving, I think they really want to uh, they wanna know that they're right, right? Like, that's what you guys want. Um, but this has been a good study. I, uh, ben has been fantastic as a leader for this study. He's a great communicator. Uh, today is definitely a great topic that I think uh, it, I'm very excited that they're kind of wrapping up on this one. The We're talking about diversity. We're talking about how does diversity in our culture gel with the idea of following Jesus. And it's powerful. It's good. It, if you haven't watched it this week, I would suggest, man, go watch it because it is they just bring up some great things that that you hear about, you think about, don't often get said, but it's important. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I've always heard is that the Sunday morning hour is the most segregated hour in all of the week, because the people who go to church typically do in segregation type ways. It's
1: true. Oh yeah. And it's sad. The cool thing to think about. In summary of what he said is pretty much our nature is to be in conflict with people that are not like us but the power of the cross changes that completely it has the power to bring us together
0: it does and that's what you have to cling to I mean right that we we did this last week I think or maybe it was a couple weeks ago where we said the big the uh, the big idea the thing you need to know you can click off after this is to hear that right that's what you need to hear The cross is powerful enough to bring us all together and in fact unity is what drove paul in most of his letters paul used the the body of christ as a representation obviously it's fresh in my mind as i'm studying for this sermon series that's coming up but but the 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 symbolism of the body of christ is to is to show the importance of unity in the body and that's not just your current local church that is the the whole global body of christ all working together to do the will of the Father. It does have something to do with the uh, the unity of the local church, for sure. We want to see that unified, but we never want to be exclusive of any group that would follow Jesus, that would truly follow Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. We want to be as inclusive as possible to to work together to accomplish the mission of making disciples of all nations. That's what we should do. And diversity... To, to wrap up this study is a great way to look at that because in order to do all of these other things well, to have good conflict to money, you know to manage money and all of the other things, we need to be working together as the body of Christ so that we can have success because without it, we're going to be fighting against ourselves and, and nobody nobody wins when we're trying to win. We all lose. Does that make sense? Like if if we're trying to make our way the way, or we're trying to be something that we're not, we all lose. The only way that we win is when we follow Christ, truly follow him, not try to be a leader of something else.
1: Because your way is your sinful nature. If you're following your way, you're in sin because you're in conflict with your sinful nature. Just like he said, and I said at the beginning, the summary is, our sinful nature, it is literally our default nature now, is to be in conflict with people that are not like you. But it's also, I think a unique thing for me to think about is if you go back to your default, it's going to be and into conflict with everything that Christ calls us to be, which is love your neighbor, to put others first, to not seek after fairness, but to lay your life down for your friend for people that are different from you, to pursue them. He even says, pursue your enemies even more than you do your friends. All of those are not your default, which is what makes this so hard, which, like you said, summarizing this up today is a great summary because God calls us to love and live in unity as as far as it depends on you with all people. It is the second greatest commandment, second only to Loving the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind.
0: That's right. So, and that begs the question: like, who is our who is our neighbor? Goes back to who is our neighbor. If loving our neighbor is everyone, then everyone is our neighbor. and We should love everyone. Well, I was
1: going to say, I only have three people that live on my street, so I'm I'm good. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Just just three families I gotta love.
0: <laughs> yeah, <in> that <laughs> mindset. There's a lot of people that are like, whew, across the street doesn't count. They're not my neighbor. Our <laughs> houses not my aren't neighbor. touching. You got ten uh, acres between us. I can us. put up with this guy. I can put up with this guy, but that guy. Uh, no, it's loving our neighbor, and again, that all ties together, right? The body of Christ, our neighbors, the unity that we have—that is what we should we should strive towards. And man, because of our politicalization, because of our segregation, because of a lot of different things that are going on in culture right now, we have we have almost pulled ourselves away from that complete and total diversification of our lives and i would venture to guess that a lot of us don't have any friends that are different than us uh and that that can be pretty convicting if you don't have any friends that are different than you like if you look around take stock of the people in your life that you regularly have in your sphere of influence most of them look a lot like you and most of them that's not that's by design we're comfortable that way right that's not the way that God designs it. God designed us to to take every other, to take all of these differences that he created and to use them together to further his purpose.
1: And it's really easy for us to sit here and talk about this. So it's not, we're not masters at this. No. But um, there's always a starting place for you. Mm-hmm. There's always a starting place really for you joining us. Um, and us. And us is a starting place for me, and uh, I think the political thing—that's a hot button issue. That yeah, that even much. people that have dedicated their life and given their lives over to the Lordship of Christ—they are Christ followers—they still get so wrapped up in politics that it it they they separate themselves from people. They create different groups. I think the hardest thing to do is to realize you can stand for something. You can be involved in politics, but you, you walk a thin line. There's a tension that you're managing there when you well, do that. And I think it goes... I'm reading a book right now that is very much dealing with
0: that. And there is, there is a very fine line between being involved in politics and worshiping politics uh, because a lot of times it's so polarizing and it it is so much about winning that often you you would drive a wedge between you and the other party and that's not Christ's model Christ's model was to never drive a wedge the only person he wasn't driving a wedge he was just he was tougher on them were the Pharisees who thought they were better than everybody and they'd set up this thing that worked really in their favor it was mostly so that they could tell everybody how much better they were than them and how you're hopeless without our, our our help to do anything with God. Jesus was very harsh with them, but Jesus was not harsh with people that were different than him. He was, he was kind to his disciples. He was kind to the sinner. He was kind to everyone in between and loved them and showed them love and ultimately went to the cross for even the Pharisees if they would believe his his gift of salvation is available to everyone and yet we want to put up these walls that is based specifically on whether or not we win and that's that's dangerous it's very dangerous and we don't want to we want to make sure that whatever we're doing it's not just because we want to win and we have a listen i'm probably the most competitive person you'll ever meet and I have to fight it every day to not be. I will race you up the stairs in a house. Like, I just, I don't know, it's in me. It's a Westmoreland curse, unfortunately. My sisters are that way too. They're just not very good athletes, but they're competitive as <laughs> all, all get out. Uh, because winning feels good, winning gives us justification, winning gives us a sense of purpose. And Jesus is like, man, I came to lose, I came to give my life up. A ransom for many, and you're talking about winning.
1: Well, winning politics. is is your is your nature, right? It it has to do with conflict because if you're in conflict with someone, that's the I and sin of of I'm better than them. So if you win, it's just verification that you are better than them,
0: right? But and I think that's our sin nature that's built within us is that our sin nature drives that winning desire, and that's where if you look at any situation where you're trying to win, why to do what you said was to prove that you're better but to satisfy self and that's sinful. Now that's not to say that listen if you're in a if you're in a competitive sports league and you're not you shouldn't just go out there and try to win but it it should not be the only thing. If you lose it should be hard on you to push yourself to be better, right? Again, I'm competitive. I was an athlete. I I I learned a lot of great lessons from being from failure that pushed me to be stronger so that I might win. But One thing that that taught me was humility and gracefulness and understanding that you can't always win. You can't, it's not even healthy to always win. If you always win, you will never appreciate the loss and you will never appreciate uh, the humility it takes to be a gracious loser. And and you, you never get pushed to be better. I mean, man, my failures are the things that really stick with me and drive me and I probably should celebrate the wins a little bit more but those are the things that hit me and but the purpose the point of this whole thing to go back to is if we're trying to win we are not trying to create unity and that's that's the thing that Paul was always harping on in all of the churches because he saw that they were all trying to be better Christians than everybody else instead of loving people and again when you stand up on a platform and say we're going to do this and we're not going to be like those people, right? If you're political or whatever. You are alienating half of your neighbors yeah, right away. And that's not what Jesus did ever.
1: The, I think the good test, we can reduce diversity back down to loving your neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a good test you can say, whether it's in politics or if you catch yourself being a Karen, uh, at a restaurant, <laughs> if you uh, are Sorry at a party, if you're at a place that you're not um, comfortable, not because it's a bad place, but because it's you're out of you're maybe out of place because you're not, like you said, around people that are like you, then the good test to run is, when you're in these situations, and, and uh, let me just grab one scenario specifically, because we, we talked about it, but a winning a game or political game, whatever it may be, the good test is, am i showing people that i love god and am i showing this person or these group of people that i love them cuz i've watched a lot of people that i agree with everything they did up into the point where i started to watch them talk and interact with people that were against them or debate or or whatever it may be and all of a sudden maybe they still talked about that they loved god but you can't have one without the other because they started to attack or all these, uh, all, all of these actions that were against their neighbor. And like you just said, someone could alienate half of your congregation, half That's your something. friend groups. So a good test to run is, am I showing this person love? And then run it back to what is love? Well, yeah. I love them, so if I win, we could make this a better place. Or I love them, but I deserve to win because I have practiced the hardest. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what is love? What is the greatest love? It was shown for us. Jesus was dismantling um, a, a, a operation that was bearing his name, but not his mission. So he was dismantling this. So when you said he was harsh with them, he was dismantling people that were going out in his name. That's right. It's different because the people that were abusing him and spitting on him and tearing the flesh off of his back he wasn't harsh with those people. In fact, he prayed for them.
0: He understood them, and he asked the Father to forgive them when he was up on the cross. Yeah, that's that's what we need to understand. And, that's, and so it begs the question, so who is our neighbor, right? And so in Ephesians 2, verse 11, Paul says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Jesus, with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ." For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So, you Gentiles, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his Spirit. That's a powerful passage that should remind us. We, I mean, I'm not a Jew, or you a Jew? We weren't originally part of, the, of their plan, right? They had separated ourselves, but Christ brought us in. He gave us the opportunity to have that salvation that was promised to the Jews. And because of that, we should look at that same thing in regards to the people that think differently than us, look different than us, act different than us, because Jesus loves them too and wanted to bring them wants to bring them into his family as well. And our job is to love them and to show them the gospel. That's what we need to do. And man, we can make excuse all day. We can make excuses all day about why we shouldn't listen to these people or why we should hate this person or why we should why this people group is like this and why they shouldn't act like this and why they should be more like us. But man, that's not the case. In fact, I was just telling my daughter yesterday, she was saying, I want to go on a mission trip with you. And I said, well, that'd be fantastic. I'd love for you to because you'll realize very quickly that your worldview is so small in comparison to how big the world actually is. Everyone should should get out there and see what the world is all about. It's why people who travel around the world are so adamant that other people should do it because you start to see that Man, God has created people in all different shapes and forms and cultures and ways. And He loves them all the same way. When you see these people, you realize that they're they're not only just like you, they're probably better than you because of of the joy that they have, because they haven't been tainted by all the stuff that we have and all of the silliness that we fight and quarrel over and make such a big deal out of. It's it's if you haven't man I would encourage you to do that because it's it's eye-opening it's i eye, it's it's heart changing it's mind changing and it helps you to realize and I, I started when I first went to college I didn't know anything I was a magnolia boy who didn't know anything outside of the magnolia bubble and I went to a school in the middle of West Texas where in your mind you think well that's going to be a lot more magnolia people but I went to a college that had a hundred different countries countries represented. And I was on a track team where there was 25 different countries represented. And I got to know people from other countries that I had no idea. And that was just the start of that realization that, man, my world is super small. And yet I think that my, my way is the best way and I should judge other people.
1: It's terrible, terrible outlook. It's your default. You have to fight your default. Let's jump over to um, the there's some something that i think is also very important and it has to do with the church a little bit is the idea of w- observing uh, so our mission is to to tell people to love people to tell people about god's love to change their eternal um their their eternal destination yeah. um, but the truth is people watch you too and when not watch you too but watch everyone um And how we interact among Christ followers is also really important. And he talked about this a lot too, where he said there were a lot of different people in this one church, and then he went to another church where he was the minority. But how you interact with people, not only show them love, but also it it can happen even if you're not diverse in ethnicity, but maybe diverse in the way you think. So when you were reading that, I was thinking about Pastor Ed and how he pioneered in this community of Magnolia, A lot of the churches have come together, and that's due to Ed, but also the other pastors and SOS, that there's a lot of different um, people groups, denominations that partner together that love each other. And that has to be our primary goal. Our primary goal, we are not Jesus and we are not responsible for dismantling um, operations that are in our name. Our job, and you've said it before, is we want people to know what we stand for. Mm -hmm. And what our biggest thing is we stand for, we stand for love. There is a reality that there is truth that is unshakable, that we believe in the scripture and the entire scripture and the inerrant word of God. And so there is the truth that we hold to, the absolute truth. And we are known by our love. So how we interact with each other That makes a big difference. And I'm not saying to do it falsely because um, we read last week where it said, don't just pretend to love your brother, but actually love your brother. That's a mindset because your default is not, we've talked about that before, your default is not to love your neighbor. It's not my default to accept everyone and love everyone. It's my default to be in conflict with them. So it's not your default, you have to fight that nature. So it's not gonna be my default to love people that are different from you or believe different from me. But I can't make someone make that right decision. I can't make someone believe what I believe. But I can love them. And if you go all the way back to either week one or week two, Ben said, the world seeks to shame you into change. Our default is to shame people into change because also it elevates yourself. When you cause something, when you yeah. when you cast shame, you're elevating um, yourself. My daughter did it last night. She had little marks on the wall and Chelsea was trying to figure out where it was and then this morning I was talking to her and I was like, "What, what's going on? What is on your wall? She's like, I really don't know. So it's a mystery but then she <laughs> said something that I realized was a default nature that was kind of sad, she said, I wonder if it was—I can't remember even what she said or who she said it was—and she goes, "They should be ashamed of themselves." Should be ashamed. And shame. what I realized was they—she wanted, she felt better about herself because now she's out of the hot seat. Mm. But now she wanted to cast shame. Ben said the coolest statement that has that has stuck with me, and I hope it sticks with me forever: is the world seeks to shame you into change, the Bible successfully loves people into change. Right. And that's that's man. That
0: is something that should you should write that down and post it in the comments forever and ever. Yeah, we we use shame to try to 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 bring about change. But when you think about it, when you take a step back, and you go, man, who's ever really been changed by shame? Who's ever really been changed by guilt? And I've brought it up many times. The donut story. There wouldn't be donut stores if guilt did anything to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. We would, if shame did anything to us, man, back in the eighties and nineties, we would have, we would have cleared sin out of here because that was a super thing to do in, in church. We're shaming everybody. You got to live a perfect life. You got to, and, and listen, should we strive to live perfectly? Yeah, uh-huh, we should. We definitely should. And there's no excuse to not, and definitely intentional. But the reality is we're going to mess up and Christ's blood on the cross covers us again we shouldn't live that way we shouldn't be unrepentant in our sin we should be constantly working to be more like him through the sanctification process but man he didn't again it goes this is so simple and yet we make it so difficult what did jesus do he did not shame people into change he didn't come to try to win and become king on a throne because it was an earthly throne that was fleeting, he knew that his his purpose was greater, and he's given us that similar purpose in that we should lay down our lives for those we love. And who do we love? We love our neighbor, and it's that simple, folks. He, he dismantled shame.
1: He really did, though. Like if you, I think about movies, you watch the movies where somebody's made a mistake in, in a corporation or something and someone covered them, right? Someone stepped forward and was like, oh, well, no, it's because I messed up. You think about that. that. That is the opposite of shame, right? You've taken that person's shame. Jesus did that. He's so against shame that he said, all those things you did, I'm going to take it publicly for you. Before, before you even knew it was a problem. Yeah, before you were even born. Mm-hmm. He knew he was going to take all that shame. And, and then the second thing of that is in your in your shame, um, we... I well, lost my train of thought. Man, that really threw me when you did sorry. that. No, it's okay. I, like I to make sure it's there. i, I look at you, you keep talking. That's why uh, I did see that Alice was struggling with the YouTube commenting. If you want to comment, you have to create a channel, which if you have a Gmail account, it's super easy. You hit create a channel. But I, ca- I have a YouTube, I love it that she's going to get help from her
0: granddaughter. Yeah, that's that's the place to go. It really Alice. is. We could help you. We'll we'll come help you if it's the
1: standard. Can. The grand the grandchild help is is a necessary. See, Mark's
0: on YouTube. He true. already commented on YouTube.
1: Mark, love he, that guy. He's
0: fantastic, his I which result. we have till July. We do. You got times. So you can practice it. Oh, Guy Miller's at Lake LBJ.
1: Sweet anyway shame i mean just yeah, sorry get away get away from shame that's right. Uh, so here's the other thing i was going to say i okay. remembered it here it is if you're frustrated with someone cuz like you said we're not all perfect and when you want to shame people I have found, and I've been told, and I didn't believe it until I was old enough to realize and self-analyze and be self-aware, was that the things I want to shame someone for or get most frustrated about are usually the things that I'm most similar or inclined to do myself. Mm-hmm. Which, That's why most where siblings the have a problem. Yeah.
0: Because they're very similar, typically, and so there's always conflict there. And usually the people that you have the most conflict with, you're very, very similar with. But you're in competition because you're trying to win. That's the thing. I remember going over that when I was a kid. I I this is this sounds terrible. But I didn't have a lot of problems with people because I'm just a whatever dude. But I watched a lot of drama take place, and a lot of times when you get down to the the root of it, you're very similar, and and those two people have conflict because one of them wants to win in some form, right?
1: Yeah, That's what it is. I think, so my action item that I'm, I'm leaving this study I- with is, and, and today's with, so I'll talk about this whole study to summarize the whole study is loving others, considering others more important than yourselves and lo- seeking to love them into change and that being my only method. Am I going to do that successfully? Heck no. Mm. How many times yesterday, I just think about all the times I tried to use shame to cause change inadvertently. And my, for this It's message, a pretty solid uh, parenting technique. Right? It's not good, but it. And I caught definitely... myself doing it. I, I caught myself doing it on Sunday. I'm sitting there. We had fifth Sunday, which means the kids come in, and I'm sitting with my daughter. After worship, I come down. Chelsea's at home because our other daughter had surgery. So it's just me and Aniston. She's, she's
0: fine, six. by the way. She had her adenoids taken out, tonsils.
1: Yeah, yeah adenoids and tonsils okay. taken out. Right. She's doing, she's she's doing, doing good. Okay. Today, I think the scabs are falling off, so she's a little more pain. That's too much. Anyway, it's graphic and gross. Aniston's sitting in church and she won't be still and she starts to whine and like hit me on the leg because she doesn't want to be still. And I'm like, hey, you see that little boy across the way? No oh, boy. He's younger than you and he's behaving. And and then I found, caught myself thinking, I'm not, I don't want to shame her into it. So then I had to twist it real quick into, I believe in you and I know well, you we're can not do it you're not because you're a good her. girl. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're not looking at her. We're just uh, just pointing out. I was pretty impressed that
1: she was like that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So it's it's a it's a thing. So my my yeah. my two minutes for today, for this study, is seeking to put others first in a way that brings unity, not um, segregation,
0: not and shame, segregation and and division and division. Yeah, that's and that's what we should take away and and walk in every bit of life with, and again, man, get out there, and don't make them a project. Don't make somebody a project. But just have your eyes open to the diversity that is in the world around you, and embrace it—not as something to be feared, not as something to be beaten down, or not as something to be changed—but as something to learn, so that you can have a better glimpse of of God, of what He sees on a daily basis. Right? God has known all of us for always and ever. The differences, the the the, the failures, and the, the diversification. And he loves us all the same and christ died for all of us and so yeah i think he wants us to know each other a little bit better because paul kept saying it over and over again we need to be unified in the body of christ so let's let's do that
1: and if you want to be a christ follower you have to step out in faith and i think loving someone that means you're stepping out in faith and you have to trust that
0: yeah Hey, uh, thank you, Carrie. appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And we hope the rest Aww, of you have a great yes. rest of your day. Also, uh, another nice thing about YouTube, it usually doesn't cut us off right at 1245, but it's pretty quick after. So we're about to lose this and we hope you have a great week. And if you uh, need anything, give us a call, 281-343-3033, shoot us a text, and we will be happy to converse with you. If you're struggling with something in regards to diversity, let's, let's talk about we're it. We're probably let's, struggling let's, with it too. Let's walk <laughs> towards the issue.